when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Welcome, welcome to the The One Show show, the show that tries to find clarity and understanding in TV's The One Show, only to find it's more erratic than current government advice. This week on the isolated green sofas then, a problematic dog licks a floor, Amanda Holden sings a rainbow, and Alex knows her cheese. I am an always alert John Holmes, and once again, here we are, safely recording two metres away from this podcast from our respective homes, and those homes, respectively, belong to the regular the The One Show Show Shogun Mark Haynes and in Tunbridge Wells she's a Barsby girl in a Barsby world <laughs> it's talk sport breakfast Jenny Barsby come on Barsby let's go party well let's indeed do that Ooh, yeah. hi everyone yeah. <laughs> hello hello, hello. I'd just like so, to say before I start I'm never going to get the last hour of my life back and I no. hate you for that <laughs> I know uh, we get that a lot from guests Jenny to be honest now this is your debut on this podcast of course was it the first time you've ever watched the one show? Um, I watched it once many years ago when I worked for the BBC and I wrote on Twitter, can someone please tell me the point of the one show and was dragged <laughs> into my boss's office to say, don't have a go at the BBC one show when you work for the BBC. We used to be called into offices. So we, we, we started um, <laughs> Thursday, last Thursday's episode, first of all. I think. And this was uh, your favourite, Mark, of course. Gethin Jones yep, was on absolutely. the sofas with Alex. I mean, you know, pe- people used to talk in television about the Jewish Mafia. Uh, and I was all for the Jewish Mafia because that could have benefited me as I come from North London. Right? <laughs> now, 
All I'm saying is there is a taffia, isn't there? There are three Welsh people. <laughs> they had the BBC weatherman Owen win something. I don't, don't know what the last bit of that yep. was. It was too long. Uh, they had Gethin Jones and they had Alex Jones. Hello, welcome to The One Show with Gethin Jones. And Alex Jones. And if you thought our opening music sounded a little different tonight, well, you'd be right because yep. our theme tune has been given a bit of a remix by BBC weather presenter turned drummer extraordinaire. There he is, Owen Wynn Evans going for it. Look at Owen for it. <laughs> Um, we're going to be chatting to Owen a bit later about his newfound rock star status. He'd love that, wouldn't he? Yeah. And did you notice at the end, they threw out a code word that could only be deciphered if you're Welsh? I did see that, yeah, I did. And Gethin nodded his understanding of it as he, well, didn't he? He did. They said the word was... Diochenbaal. Thank you. Pleasure to see you. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Oh, yours. thank you both so much. Love you to see you. Diochenbaal. All the best. Right? Wasn't that the dog in due south? That mountain <laughs> sort of crime drama. From I, I'm worried mountain. it's a Welsh code word and it's got something to do with breaking lockdown. I know they've gone their own <laughs> way now. And as soon as you hear the word Diochenbaal, I swear I could see hundreds of people from all around London who wear those sort of, what are those black hats and pinafores that Welsh people wear? <laughs> <laughs> they were all heading off. I was like shouting from get... my window, the off and bow, the off and bow. <laughs> they were turning around, to... they were going, the accent is not right. <laughs> <laughs> You used to get those. Um, little, we used to go on holiday to Wales, and you used to get those little souvenir dolls dressed in that that garb in like a plastic tube. Yeah, and that was it. They were what we didn't know then. They're a robot army, and that was the call <laughs> to wake them. Yeah, well, they're going to get their plastic tubes out now. The real ones. They're much bigger, and that means they can just go around the countryside without fear. See, now I thought it was actually a call to brow sh- eyebrow shapers across the world to come over and get plucking, and it was just going to be an army of eyebrow pluckers everywhere. <laughs> the, the problem is, we don't know. We, we, we haven't learnt Gaelic. We don't speak Welsh. We, we need to know. You cannot have code words on, on television. It just, it, it's very worrying. Very worrying indeed, John. So um, the guests on this um, this particular episode were Amanda Holden. She got the green isolated sofa. <sighs> no, no, do it from home for Holden. I noticed she is in the studio well, with Gethin and most Alex. of her was, but not a lot of her clothes. <laughs> that is. Did you think that? Do you think she was dressed mildly inappropriately for for the one show? I'm just going to put it out there that I could basically see every part of her breast and also the other one, and I'm sure it's a family show. Yeah, I think there was there was some some kickback actually when. Um, uh, who's the other Britain's Got Talent judge? Alicia Dixon. She turned up on a one show wearing something that was similarly revealing, and it was all in the tabloids. So let's not give Amanda Holden credit for it was a mistake. I'm sure she's <laughs> thinking, well, this is, you know, a bit of page seven in the mirror tomorrow. Well, yeah. she has yeah. done, what, bins in a wedding dress. What else has she done to get in the papers recently? Amanda, at the start of lockdown, I was worried about you. You were taking the bins out in your ball gown. Yes. You, were, you had your wedding dress on yes. whilst you were mowing the lawn. And your, your, your <laughs> children, what's going on? And, you, and Holly has been in the news this week. Oh, my goodness me, I know. Poor old Holly. Oh. Who quotes an eight-year-old? Well, Holly was just, you know, <laughs> an innocent comment. She's my eight-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Little sausage. Oh. I did Google Amanda Holden for the various questions I wanted answered. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and one of the stories I did happen upon was naked trampolining. Uh, so, so I think... 
I think this is a Holden thing. She she will attempt to get into the papers, as you say, mm. by just being a bit revealing. Yeah. Um, the, the, it was, was it her fault? Did she know, though, that the camera angle... Because they'd obviously got a, a camera on a crane, hadn't they? As they on do a have in that, that on, a, on a crane, oh, on you a, know. Sorry, on a, I think a remote, it's completely different. Yeah, on, a, on a crane, going round the studio. So she's either watched it before and thought, I can, my cleavage can get in that shot if I'm careful. Yeah. Or yeah. it was an accident. It's probably the former, isn't yeah. it? Let's be honest. Uh, so she was on... Jamie Cullum, he was on this one as well, wasn't he? He was yeah. at home... Um, in front of a backdrop that Alex rather liked. That's a lovely setup isn't as it? well. That's one of the best I've seen. Actually. Yeah, that's yeah. good framing. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it's it? Vi- it's virtual. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's just real. I promise. <laughs> no, very good. Yeah, his CD collection and his piano. Yeah, and, a, and an arty lamp. I got. They they did talk about backdrops, and they said to him, "Look, you know, you've you've obviously staged this very well. You've got a lamp and the piano, and the, it looks very nice. And he did. It was very well lit, but it was annoying me because he'd got some cables that were not straight behind him, and that's the sort of thing that winds me right up. If I'm honest, I want to. If I come around to your house, and I won't be doing that anytime soon, of course. But if I was coming around to either of your houses, and a picture wasn't quite straight i would be the person really? to be annoyed by that and probably straight i would say 85 percent of the conversations i have about cables and leads are with you john <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the things people might not know about you is you love a cable chat i do i do yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. big fan of a cable chat anything yeah. that goes into the making of the program from a technical perspective you are all over it you love we're it. not going to go down the cable tie route right because that's a whole different <laughs> podcast okay <laughs> <laughs> yes that, that's one we do we on a different day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very I do like um, the fact that behind you, Mark, you've got some old school cassettes by the look of it to your uh, to your left. To my left. Let me see. Middle shelf. There. No, no, no. Down a bit. There. This means no. nothing to anybody. Oh, I thought it's that was a cassette at the bottom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do actually have lots and lots of cassettes because if you work in radio uh, and you worked in radio before radio was modern. Everything you had is on cassette. So I have I have years of output of, of cassette tapes. And yeah. I've slightly looked at it and thought, one day I'll digitise all those. And I'll tell you, the ones that I have digitised, I've done nothing with. There is no <laughs> point. If you Basically, this is a good time lockdown to go through your stuff and just go, if I died, would anybody bother to do this on my behalf? And go, well, thank God we saved the archive. No. <laughs> chuck it out. Be like a man at home. Get a dressing, uh, a wedding dress on, and chuck it out. <laughs> uh, right, film, film number one. Then this was a well. There was a link. There was a sort of a handbrake turning to this in a way. I suppose <laughs> it was a film about the other heroes uh, yeah. that aren't just the NHS workers. They talked about clapping for the NHS, and then there was a film about people who work in supermarkets that started off with Carol in Tesco. Somewhere in the north. Yes, it's not just NHS staff who make up the front line of emergency workers, though. We're heading to the supermarket now to shine a light on another set of heroes who are keeping us well looked after. My name's Carol Robinson. I work on the Food to Go department. I've been here eight years. Jenny, what did you make of Carol's approach to sanitising? Um, I thought that she had a very slow, methodical way of talking about <laughs> sanitising. I'm not going to do a northern accent. She just seemed incredibly thoughtful mm. about mm. it and quite overwhelmed. <laughs> they showed a clip of her really touching a load of cookies for absolutely no reason at all, which I, I think they should have either dropped or said, please don't just needlessly touch the cookies. When I come into work now, I ensure that 
all the trolleys are sanitised and just basically doing different jobs around the store because of the situation we're all in, we all have to adapt and change. Well, what was strange about this sequence was that they showed her directing pedestrian traffic outside Tesco in the queue, shouting, mm. two metres, two metres. I can you keep moving forward, but still be within your two metres. Thank you. She was holding a sign that said two metres on it, and for that she was wearing protective gloves. And later on she was walking around talking to a colleague wearing protective gloves. The moment she was fingering the produce, <laughs> right? No gloves whatsoever, no gloves, no mask, she's just... Go- <laughs> all, over the, all over the biscuits. Yeah, but that's well, not her job. That's not her job, so she doesn't need to have any protection when she's fingering food. Everybody knows that. You know this whole thing they're doing on The One Show, which is that they constantly say this was filmed before lockdown and things, and it's going to become a bit like Poppy Watch, where things like those gloves, people will say, sorry, was she wearing the same gloves when she was holding the sign as she was when she was uh, sanitising the trolley? And it's going to become that level of nitpickery. I mean, she obviously took them off just so that they could say, look, you see, there was definitely a bit where she took off the gloves and could have put a new yeah. pair on. Well, I got fascinated by this film because then we then we flipped to a co-op. Simon was the manager of a co-op who we only saw briefly, but he was wearing gloves, fully sanitising the self-checkout. Yeah. Hi, my name's Simon. I'm a manager at the co-op. My partner works in a pharmacy, so he works for the NHS on the front line. I am really proud of him and what he does, and he's proud of me too. And that, that really keeps us going, focusing on the positives and doing what we can to help everyone get to us through it. Then we went to Waitrose, where the manager of Waitrose, again, was just displaying a cavalier attitude. She was just picking up cooking chocolate, chucking it in a crate. No gloves, no masks, and saying, oh, these are all the online deliveries we've got to get out this morning. And it's sort of licking <laughs> I'm Nusheen. I'm a team manager at Waitrose Chester. I came into branch at 4am and was straight into the picking operation. So on a normal Tuesday, we'd have around sort of three, 4,000 items before this epidemic. The orders have gone through the roof, as you can imagine, so we had 10,000 items to pick this morning for today's deliveries. It's really hard to keep up with the demand. People's orders are much bigger than they usually are, so it's really put a lot of pressure into that resource. Thank you for waiting. Thank you. I did like the fact that all three of them said... Yeah, my family are really scared and I'm actually very scared as well. I, th- I thought that was sort of refreshing because that's the sort of bit that if I was working on the one shot, I would have cut out because it seems it's not the blitz spirit, is it, when you go, I'm terrified. Yeah. And there is definitely a sort of switch that's going on with stuff like that, that rather than going, we're all adapting to the new things, they do constantly let them have a line where they say, we're actually very, very frightened for our health and this is terrifying. It's odd, actually, when you see the sanitising going on as well, you think, why didn't we do this before? Why were yeah. we such filthy pigs before the virus <laughs> came and made us better? It was an interesting sort of cross-section of supermarket uh, attitudes, I think. And if, if I was going to one of those three, it would definitely be Simon's co-op out of yeah. the non-protected staff of the other ones, it seemed to me. I think you would fit you... in well there, John, to be perfectly honest, um, so. really. Yeah. Whereas um, at the moment, I've started going to Marks and Spencer because I can't be asked to queue at Sainsbury's. There's a secret car park in Tunbridge <laughs> Wells, Sainsbury's, that nobody even knew about until <laughs> lockdown. It stretches to the other side of town. You go there and you think, I fucking do doing that so that you drive all the way across town go to Marks and Spencer's oh hello madam do come in have some sanitizer would you like a mask help yourself follow the little arrows oh we'll check out for you it's marvelous 
the, the thing yeah, I love most about, about Marks and Spencer shopping, so I live in North London, I go to the Archway, Marks and Spencer's, and Archway, people in Archway will not pay an extra 20p on a pizza if it means that they have to pay an extra 20p on a pizza. So the Marks and Spencer's is always lovely and empty. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm a, I'm a liberal a... metropolitan elite. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's, here's the weird thing. So we got that. Then we got a a nod to... And I didn't know they were doing this, whether it's a regular. The, the, the one show sort of doing an employee of the week for supermarket workers. Yeah. Or key workers. Yeah. Where they, they send a crew out and about mm. uh, to... To, to give prizes or put posters up of employees in, in various bit, supermarkets, hospitals. The, the, they sort of go, but that's not essential work. Why are you sending a crew to stick a picture of one of their employees up no, for a the, start? The, the bit they showed seemed to be that they took a television and there's like a pre-recorded thank you from the one show presenters. Thanks to them yeah. and all the unsung heroes working tirelessly at this time. Now, we are trying, aren't we, Get to do our bit by saying thank you to as many of you as possible. This was the moment we surprised supermarket worker Robbie last week. His face was a picture. Absolutely bizarre. Can we have some PPE, please? No. Here's Gethin Jones on a, <laughs> on a, on a flat screen. <laughs> it's no good spitting at him. He's not going to get ill. Hello, I'm Jack Beaumont. I do Crime Club. In Series 1, I spoke to people like this. Did you not kick a policeman in the head? Yeah, that was... When was that? I was 17. Wait, was I 17 or 19? I think I might have been 19, actually. In Series 2, I talked to people like this. There was a paedophile with one leg. I kicked him clean out his wheelchair... About four of us, I mean, we battered him. And this. Cheated on your boyfriend to give him gonorrhea? Do you want to go there or would you rather not? Yeah, no, 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 I could talk about it. I have jingles like this. That's Crime Club, where strange people tell stories involving bad behaviour. New episodes out every Monday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. (laughs) 
And then they, then they, they said, and we've got one tomorrow where we've, uh, we've got a very special nurse who goes above and beyond. Well, like they all do. And we've got another one in store for you tomorrow, a very special nurse who goes above and beyond, like they all do. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, there's covering yourself. But also, if that's the case, why are you singling this particular nurse out? Yeah, entirely. Entirely. I love that line. A very special nurse who goes above and beyond, as they all do. I like that the, 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 the tired sense of going, uh, but we've got to mention it's everyone. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely yeah. wonderful work she does, and they all do. <laughs> but I noticed uh, Amanda Holden was very keen to uh, applaud the supermarket key workers. But when I did look up Amanda Holden, um, which is easy to do, given the angle of the cameras, uh, when I looked up... Uh, Amanda Holden on the internet, I discovered that in 2010 uh, she campaigned to keep a Sainsbury's out of her beautiful home village. Amazing. Uh, quite vociferously. She was anti... Uh, and then she was accused of hypocrisy when she signed up to do a campaign for Marks and Spencers later on that year. I don't see oh. there's a problem with that. Marks and Spencers, Sainsbury. I mean, come on, we just yeah. talked yeah. about this, guys. They are yeah. very, very different, John. Very, oh, what are we having for dinner? It's a supermarket brand pie. Oh, no. No, it's Marks and Spencers. Phew! <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. It might Big have been difference. Tesco. I didn't actually check the details, if I'm honest. Uh, Amanda Holden mentioned that she's she's actually done an album, but it's she said it's been put on hold because of all oh of this. Oh God, this was awful. Oh, oh, thank oh you. kill thank me now. COVID nineteen. I've I've been lucky enough to make an album which is on hold, obviously because of all of this. And um, gosh, it's always so weird to see me singing. <laughs> it's so odd. Yeah, it's lovely, but it's weird. But everyone talks about the bad things that this virus does, and it does do a lot of bad things. But let us never forget, it has stopped Amanda Holden's album coming out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bat Corona. Well, you see, you say that. But then they have released a video of her singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which she was very... This was only last week they released this. And she was very proud of it because she's, quote, teamed up with, actually, um, Marks and Spencers. And... Yeah. Uh, to... It was literally last week, so it hasn't even been out a week yet. Um, we got together and decided to release Over the Rainbow in conjunction with Marks and Spencers who were doing their oh, T-shirts the with the Rainbow yeah. T-shirt. She said, well, it was very appropriate that we released this because at the moment rainbows are everywhere, aren't they? It's yeah. in everybody's windows. All children are drawing it. It's on my album. And it made me think, given that Amanda Holden, the week before she went on The One Show, tweeted a 5G conspiracy theory petition, Oh, yes, yes. Which <laughs> they didn't bring up, well, by the way. She but had... given that... Okay, given that she's a fan of conspiracy theories and she's somehow released this rainbow song when all the rainbows are round and about, I wonder if she didn't invent the virus in order to get herself a marketing campaign and she might well be taking the bins out dressed in a wedding dress, but she's also chewing on bats in her garden. And that is my theory and I'm sticking to it. Cool, you've been at home a long time. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you, John, there was a bit where it started and Gethin had a little bit where he was going... He wanted to say, oh, Amanda, I'm a bit worried about you, seeing you in the wedding dress and, you know, doing all this. You've been having fun in lockdown. And when he started it, when he said, no, I've been worried about you, Amanda, she looked like she was going to shit herself. And it was because <laughs> she was waiting for him to go, i worried about you, Amanda, with this fucking 5G conspiracy bullshit. <laughs> but she looked terrified. But, of course, it didn't go anywhere. It's really annoying no, when, you, when you're doing stuff like the rainbow thing and you're all like... I want to protect the NHS, and nobody has brought up that two weeks before she's doing this 5G conspiracy thing. 
It's yeah. so annoying. You, in the old days, of course, something like that would have pretty much ended your career. Maybe it's better now that it doesn't. But when you're doing this thing about, I want to raise money for all of our... And you've... Two weeks before. Two weeks before. Amanda, Dr. That- Amanda Holden of the University of Shite. <laughs> You know, the bar is a lot lower now because we've got Dr. Trump. Uh, so, you know <laughs> what? 5G, put Dettol in your veins. <laughs> Doesn't seem to worry so much, so much really. As it? long as it's M&S Dettol, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I don't want any of that Sainsbury's own brand Dettol rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved about oh. this single, though, was that they said to her, so, you know, how many people are buying it? And they said, oh, so many. So many people are getting behind it. So many people are buying it. Really? No one's, no one's buying Amanda Holden's rainbow single. Nobody. There were so no. many. Alex got a little bit obsessed with booze again oh, in yes. this episode. Yeah, Did you yeah, see? yeah. This has been a long-running thing, Jenny. This is where uh, if drink is mentioned, and certainly if it's taken yes. by somebody in one of their uh, videos from home, Alex gets very, very excited. And this turned into a sort of un- unprompted, it seemed, chat about sherry. Yeah, this is yeah. such an odd time. And I think at least on a Saturday, you can sit down with your glass of wine or your beer or your gin or your sherry. Sometimes I like a sweet sherry. So <laughs> do I. And do I love yes. it? Yes. I love a sweet I sherry. Think this, this, girls, 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 no, <laughs> this is great. This is great. <laughs> she really jumped on it as well. So when Amanda Holden sort of mentioned, oh, she said you could have a, a glass of rose, uh, uh, you know, a gin... Uh, even even a sherry. Alex just went, you like sherry? So do I! <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> chilling. Absolutely chilling. Yeah. She screamed it. Alex, she's not got a sherry with her. Relax. Relax. Back <laughs> off. Yeah, her boobs that you can see don't dispense <laughs> sherry from the teats. One sweet, one dry. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get a medium from, or should not we ask that? <laughs> Just put them together and muscle them around it. <laughs> oh, and then, then lovely Jamie Cullum. Now, I, I, li- I like, disclosure, full disclosure, I've worked with Jamie Cullum. I do like Jamie Cullum. Mm, his so art, apart from his, his cable array, he, look, his, I had a bit of a... His cabling and his art. They showed right at the yeah. start, he'd done a painting of Bill Withers, right? Now, I... Sorry, Bill, no longer with us. But no yes. longer with us, Yeah. <laughs> How, what, how do you uh, how do you how do you turn what's the joke how do you turn uh, how do you make a soul singer in the microwave <laughs> microwave a, a duck in the microwave until it's Bill Withers <laughs> something Bill like Withers. that I can't I cannot remember you you I hid it well but you might have noticed I couldn't remember how that joke either started or finished beyond the words <laughs> Bill Withers I hid it well I'm a pro no one realised now <laughs> they had a little bit where they brought out that Jamie in lockdown has been doing painting and they brought out a painting he'd done of Bill Withers so, so as well as music obviously you've been really getting into painting during lockdown um, we've got an example here uh, of one of your pieces of art there you are. Now that's Bill with us. So it is, yeah. I don't know what it is that, that when people do artwork, there's been some meeting where you say the one thing you can never ever do is criticise artwork. You can't criticise. You have to just go, it's brilliant. And this was not good artwork, John. I'm sure he's very nice. He's a really good musician. He's a good broadcaster on Radio 2. He is not an artist. <laughs> The Bill Withers thing was worse than the joke I tried to tell. I, uh, I, what, what I used to get Jamie Cullum to do was, uh, well, you know, those, you know, we will work in broadcasting, but you know when you have a feature name, a feature idea before you have the feature, yeah. name before game. 
So I had a, when I was on Six Music, I had an idea for a feature called Jamie's Jazz Mags. Yeah, right, nice. okay. Where Jamie Cullen would review jazz mags. But um, obviously, they're not poor mags, they're genuine jazz mags. But I would make them all up, like jazz and ammo. Yeah. <laughs> jazz and hound, stuff like that. And then I'd write a script and he'd record it. But he nailed it every time. He was brilliant. He just totally got it. And was, you know, would, would email going, where's the next script? So I have a lot of time for Cullen. I, right. I, but you're right, his drawing was shit. It did slightly concern me that it looked a teeny bit like something that Rolf Harris might have done, which slightly <laughs> worried me a tiny bit. Is that let's, too much? I don't know. L- let's hope the similarity <laughs> between the two of them ends there. It's something I love to do. I draw a lot more nowadays with my kids. And I just, with a, a bit of all this extra time, when I was supposed to be around the world kind of touring, I just uh, felt like drawing a lot more. And it's something I used to love doing as a teenager, but I guess I just found myself sketching away again. I mean, it's... It's nothing, nothing that I really practice at, but I do love doing it. It's a great, great creative thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rob's art isn't bad. It's just Rob's was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, 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 se- the next film was about virtual dating. Oh. Now, there seemed to be a running joke here about Geth and Jones yeah. that I simply didn't understand. And bear in mind, we're the people that watch the one show. Yep. yep. And we're not getting the running jokes. What hope for any of us? No. Now... With Gethin keeping tight-lipped about his virtual date, so annoying, oh. uh, we are turning our attention, we've given up, basically, to a new set of daters looking for love. She mentioned that Gethin was keeping tight-lipped about his virtual date, uh, which, which suggests that he legally can't talk about it for some reason. <laughs> it went that badly wrong. Um, I, I, I still find him very, very strange and, and aloof and cold. Even like when he was talking to Amanda Holden, his eyes, when he starts asking a question, he begins just looking away like he's slightly... That's, that's a sort of weird dating technique that you were taught in the 90s, that you don't show any interest, and that'll make women yeah. really interested because they'll try and, you know, politely fill in the blanks that you're, you know, pulling the rug away. And he was doing that with Amanda Holden. When he was talking about this virtual date that he refused to talk about, I was like, oh... There's, there's some dark water here that I'm not very keen to be, like, yeah. nosing around in. The whole virtual dating thing was a little bit dark, wasn't it? Was it one of a series they're doing? Because there were references... One of the women in it said, oh, it's me again, and you'll remember that the last one didn't go very well, there was no spark. You'll probably remember me from a virtual date I had. There was just no spark in chemistry there, and that is what I'm hoping for tonight. Who are you? Yeah, this... And just three random people having virtual dates that they then record on Zoom meetings or whatever, and then the one show play out clips off. Badly chosen clips off in some of the cases. Yeah, I don't mind saying. Yes. The lady with the... Um, I mean, she was a mix of styles, wasn't she? That, that one with Lisa. the leopard print dress. Lisa. Lisa. With the... Um, leopard print... Tr- boobs yeah. and the legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we saw a lot of that, didn't oh, we? Yeah. When she started twirling round and round and round. <laughs> this one is twisted jumps. What was she doing? Who was the poor man she was trying to seduce? What was going on? He, he had a waistcoat on, which, uh, again, I think is a bit of a... That's something that people who aren't very good at dating wear on a date. Or magicians, one of the two. That's the only two people who wear waistcoats. Magicians and sort of slightly creepy dates. Uh, but, yeah, it was, they were strange. This, this felt to me like a format that someone had come up with that wasn't going to be made. And so they just basically said to one show, do you want this thing about virtual dates? And it was just yeah. people talking very politely. You know, I don't know what quite we were supposed to do. 
Well, I don't know. Fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I was doing. I was just going, this is cut to the chase already. If you're going to show us something, show us some homemade sex, which apparently you can get on websites. I don't know whether that's true. also, the, the, the weird animal print woman, who was a clash of zebra and leopard... Lisa. Right? Lisa, had a, a clip frame. You know those cheap clip frames you used to get from Athena or somewhere, mm. right? She had one of those on the wall behind her, which just said, let's get naked. And then you think, well, already we sort of can tell here what she's angling for with this date with the waistcoat guy, who was a TV presenter, a TV presenter from Eastbourne. Yeah. Ooh, what? Yeah. There was a bit as well where, where he said, how old do you think I am? And she said, 35. And he went, off, oh, right, I'm off. How old are you? How old do I look? You're about 35. Goodbye. And I thought, why is he doing that? Because I would have thought he was about 50. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't follow the jokes. They weren't clear enough as to what they were doing. There was too much missed out. There was also a young oh, bloke who like- was up in an attic. And when you film like stuff in an attic, I think the only reason you do that is because you don't want your wife and children to find out what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was a family there. It's that. It just. No, why are you in the attic? There's no other reason. No other reason. How you doing? I'm all right. There was a strange bit where the man in Eastbourne and his waistcoat said a, a line, something that we've all. We're all aware of, we've all heard this line, it's not a new line, it's not a surprise, it's been said for years, and it's the Eastbourne and towns like it. He said to Lisa, the weird animal lady, he said to her, oh yeah, I live in Eastbourne, um, they call it God's Waiting Room. So where are you based? So I'm currently in Eastbourne, they call it God's Waiting Room. And she, being the only person in Britain never to have heard that phrase before, went... The dog's waiting room. Not the dogs, God's waiting room. <laughs> such a good phrase. It's, it's the sort of thing that if you walked into someone's house and you said, geez, this looks like a dog's waiting room, they would never, ever forget it or recover from it. It's a really... What are they weird, waiting for, these dogs? It's like not even a, like, a dog's house. It's, it's a dog's waiting room. But they don't want to be... Before it gets put down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come in here, we're just going to kill you over there. And then then she just asked the Eastbourne waistcoat man, she was just going, she was jumping up and down, twirling about, showing her pants off, (laughs) shouting, Are you flexible? Yeah, you're flexible. I I can't really. I probably just pulled a hamstring, but that's quite flexible. (laughs) At which point, I mean, credit to him, remaining seated, he put his leg behind his head. (laughs) What am am I watching? What is this? This is on the television at seven (laughs) o'clock. They cut away to Amanda Holden's tits. (laughs) I really liked as well, there was the the couple who were young, who actually uh, seemed, you know, really nice, and they they were of of the lot of them, they were the only ones I didn't sort of think uh, it felt like they'd been pressured into doing this for the telly and they were yeah. they were talking they'd obviously as you say there might have been one before that we, we haven't seen because she had sent him a gift knowing it was his birthday and she'd sent him a book of Seamus Heaney poems open your present <laughs> okay Seamus Heaney opened ground there should be a little card with it if we winter this one out, we can summer anywhere. I'd love to take credit for that, but it's obviously a Heaney quote. Happy birthday. Oh, you're so sweet. And he was like, oh, thanks, that's really sweet. And at the end, he just said, I thought it was really nice when she gave me that book of Irish poems. Just had my date with Susanna. She gave me this sweet book of Irish poetry. I really like the girl. <laughs> 
It's like one of the, the great poets of the 20th century, and you're just like, fucking Irish poems, you know. I, I was just amazed. At that. I, loved, I, I don't know why it made me laugh so much. It just, I don't know, it's so dismissive. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll read that book of Irish poems. Uh, the one bit that I... I that then brought it all back down to the darkness of... Let's call it the darkness of Gethin. Because there was a moment when the dating guru who was chatting them through this said... Uh, dating tips they were giving out. And she said, well, the thing is, on a date, always remember, when things go wrong on a date, keep smiling. When things go wrong, keep smiling. It will relax you and the person you're talking to. In the ear of me too. That is terrible <laughs> advice. <laughs> just, well, just keep smiling through it, yeah. and and he'll leave eventually. No, call the yeah. police or alert the bar staff. <laughs> or, 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 you know, if it's the other way around, it happens to a bloke. You're Patrick Bateman. You're 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 yeah. American <laughs> psycho. Oh, mate. And that brings us to the end of part one of this week's The The One Show show. We'll be back tomorrow to continue our hellish trawl through TV's bastard son. But do please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're supposed to rate and review podcasts. Stay alert for the podcast, review the podcast, save the podcast to listen to at your leisure. See you tomorrow. I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not right. Uh, Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.